You are listening to The Addiction, hosted by Andrea Fonsby on WSUW. Today we are live at the Hope Council on Alcohol and Other Drug Abuse Incorporated in downtown Kenosha, Wisconsin. Hope standing for helping others through prevention and education, which is the keystone of this organization. The council was formed August of 1968 and was incorporated March of 1969. While changes have been made over the years, they have created a larger community impact. Today we speak with Guida Brown, the executive director as of 2009. Welcome and thank you for talking with us today, Guida. You could first give us a background about your time here at the Hope Council and how you got into this type of work. I actually worked here back in the late 80s and I worked here for about two and a half years. I was the director of our safe house. We had a home for kids whose parents were substance abusers and we provided care for them 24 hours. And then I left and became executive director of Women and Children's Horizons um, after having earned my master's degree in management. And I came back here in 2009 mm -hmm. as executive director. And it really just felt like coming home. I don't have any education. My education is in journalism and, mm -hmm. and management. So I just really learned by doing for the most part. Um, I grew up in a home, my father was alcoholic. I have, I say we have about five generations of addiction in my family that we can count and we think that the man who fell off of his horse in the 1600s was probably also drunk so it might go back farther than we know. So this is a population that I really feel connected to and an important cause that I care about. Well thank you. Now, what are some of the resources that the Hope Council can provide to somebody with an addiction, especially like heroin in this community? What are some of your programmings? So one of the, we don't do treatment here. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that we do is we keep a good database of where treatment is available. Okay. I know that a lot of people feel like they really need residential treatment, particularly because heroin addiction and the withdrawal is so awful. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, a lot of insurance companies don't see it the same way. And so the idea is that if you're not going to die from the withdrawal, you right. don't get to go inpatient. So we keep a good database of residential facilities in the area. We keep all of the outpatient facilities in our area. We have all the 12-step meetings, all the support groups that are available in our area, and we can help anybody through that morass of services. I think sometimes it's just really hard for people to figure out what their next step is and right. where they need to go for help. And so they can come in here. We get a lot of people who just walk in off the street and say, my loved one needs help, my son needs help. We also have resources for the loved ones themselves because oftentimes the person who needs help isn't really ready to get it yet, and so mm -hmm. we try to direct um, the loved ones, the, the caring family members, to their own 12-step meetings, the Al-Anons and the Naranons, so that they can find comfort themselves in making their decisions um, while the other person might still be in their sickness. Mm -hmm. We also make sure that we, we do have an intervention program here. The intervention program is probably underutilized, but by the same token, intervention never works like it does on television. <laughs> and so I don't know that um, interventions are ever as successful as we want them to be. Okay. It's, it, it's not 
it's never just about the person who's sick. It's about, about the, the whole family. family system. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I get a lot of phone calls about people who want to do interventions, and I probably almost always talk them out of doing it because if there are four of us in a family and one person who's addicted, the four of us have to agree how we're going to approach that. And it's very difficult. Yeah, it's not gonna happen. And so I just walk them through those steps about, you know, we all have to agree, we're not gonna give Johnny money anymore. We're not gonna let Johnny sleep in our house anymore. We're not gonna give Johnny rides anymore. And not one of us can go back on that. Right. And there's generally somebody who says, well, I'm not yeah, comfortable. Not so sure. yeah. yeah, I'm not comfortable doing this. That, but I'm not gonna yeah, you know buy Johnny this. a new car yeah. so so we do try to help family members through that process as well and really just keeping resources for folks we do a lot of other services but the sort of helping aspect of getting people help we just refer them out to the community we have recovery coaches our recovery coaches will walk in recovery with somebody okay. and so that it's free, it's completely voluntary, it doesn't even have to be done in person, so it's nice that people can just call and we set schedules for them to call up. And then the recovery coach will help them. I, I like to consider it as a sponsor, sort of a 12-step mm -hmm. sponsor without the emergency basis. So they're not there 24 hours a day, but they'll help them with landmines, they'll help them with relapse prevention, they'll help them to identify some of their barriers to recovery. And then we have a Friends Give Hope program, which is a recreational program for people who are newly in recovery. One of the things we hear all the time is there's nothing else to do. Yeah. And so that program is here to show people there really is other stuff to do. And so they do fun things that are not around substances. They hang out with people who are like-minded. They go to the movie. They go do uh, pottery at Alpaca Arts. Oh, cool. They do, yeah, I mean, they do things that people who, normies people who aren't using go and do and they do it without alcohol and show that you know there are other things to do right that it this is a good thing and that there are things out there that yeah and that recovery can be fun you know i think that, that piece of it is so hard because people get into their world and so if yeah. if i'm a person who's in addiction i hang around with people who are in addiction, addiction. or who are at least not going to call me out on my own right. and so it's really hard to then Find change a group of friends yeah or family yeah or... family particularly so i can't i can't change my whole aspect i have to i need help to do that yeah and so we show them like you know look here are people who are having fun and it doesn't have to be I and mean, sometimes they do a game night mm -hmm. it doesn't have to cost money you can sit home and have popcorn and watch tv you can yeah. you know rent a movie so they do a lot of things that are just what regular people do that you don't have to have alcohol or other drugs in doing that very cool now what are some things that you think that local governments could do that would help you guys or help the community in general be more on board to combating addiction in our community well one of the exciting things that we're doing here in Kenosha County is that they're doing a pre-charging program. Okay. And so the district attorney's office that actually approached the county board and said, we want to help people not get into the system. People who are not already in the system. So drug courts are wonderful, right. but they're after the fact. They're after people have been in a lot of trouble and sort of last ditch effort. Right, so um, this is more preventative. Yeah, and so this keeps people out of the system. You know, we have CCAP in Wisconsin, and so if you are charged with a crime, it shows up on CCAP. Even if you're not convicted, it shows right. up on CCAP. And so this prevents it from even showing up on CCAP. Right. So if you are running around with 
with cocaine on your person mm -hmm. and the police catch you and you have a cocaine addiction, throwing you in jail because you were running around with cocaine on your person probably isn't going to help your cocaine right. addiction. But if they keep you out of the system mm -hmm. and get you help, yeah. that might help your cocaine addiction. Right. That might keep you. And so then when people look you up on CCAP, your record's clean. There are no co cocaine convictions on there or no cocaine charges on there. Right. And so this is a huge first step. It reminds me of there was a, I think it was out in Massachusetts maybe, there was a sheriff's deputy or a sheriff who um, said, if you want treatment, mm -hmm. come and bring me your drugs and I will send you to treatment. And however he came up with his money, it was probably through other drug crimes, <laughs> but he was able to send people to treatment. And so this is sort of that... That kind of thing. Yeah, that intervention that happens that people who want help I mean we hear that so often I people come in here and they say you know oh my my son needs help he needs to go to treatment and you know I need resources and you know it's so hard for him and I'm like look out the window and is he out in the car no okay then there's a problem that you're in here looking for resources for your son who doesn't really want to be here. Right. It's going to be really hard to get that person into treatment. And I liken it to a loved one who has cancer. If you have a loved one who has cancer, you don't have to do all the work to get that person to chemotherapy, to the doctor, all of right. that. You don't walk in to the doctor's office and say, you know what? Uh, my son didn't come, but he's got cancer. I need a doctor. I need chemotherapy. I need yeah. a schedule. That person who has cancer shows up for that. Right. And this is the one disease because it is a cunning, baffling, powerful disease like no right. other. This is the one disease that William Moyers is a, a brilliant speaker on this. He's a person in long-term recovery. He's the vice president of marketing at Hazleton. Okay. Uh, and he, he talks about how this is the one disease that the people who suffer from it run away when somebody comes over and says, I'm here to help. Oh. And it's insane that we don't get it. Mm -hmm. But that's the way it works. And so when we logically try to figure this out, when we logically look at a person who's addicted and say, why don't they just get help? Because it just doesn't work that way. Right. For more information about the Hope Council and resources they provide, please call 262-658-8166 or go to the web to hopecouncil.org. Thank you for listening to this season of The Addiction.